Hello, hello, hello. This is Taisha, and I am super excited to be doing another episode in my podcast. I am not a Christian. It has been a pretty long, almost a year at this point. I think it's been closer to about nine months since I've recorded an episode. And I am not ashamed about it. A lot has happened in the past nine months, and I've been very, very focused on a lot of things, one of which includes publishing my first book. So you guys will hear about it in another podcast, but I'm really excited to be back on the train and putting out more episodes. So I'm just going to jump right into it. I'm really, really excited to share something that God has been showing me in the word about transitions in our relationship with him. And what he did was he showed me about how those transitions in our relationship with him work through the story of manna and quail as the Israelites receive their manna and quail in the wilderness. And the key lesson that he was trying to show me is that the process of becoming uh, mature in the faith It goes from stage to stage and in different stages, there are different types of provision and there are different requirements on our end. And what he also showed me was that sometimes I or we get so focused on our own relationship with God and our own growth that we unintentionally neglect the gifts and the power that he put in us to use for his kingdom. He told me that we get trapped in this manna and quail season And that manna and quail season was only ever intended to be a temporary means to build faith and build trust. At some point, God brings us to Canaan, right? He brings us to Canaan where we're able to become fishermen, no longer waiting for the manna and quail every day. And then beyond that, Jesus came and he asks us to be fishers of men. Manna and quail was a necessary and very temporary provision for young gullible people and a nation who did not know the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. But we cannot set up our life and camp out in that season of manna and quail. So if you guys remember the story of manna and quail, this happened on the Israelites exodus from Egypt. So they had just gotten into the wilderness and they started complaining, right? They started complaining about the food and how they were, I guess, treated so much better (laughs) in Egypt, even though they were slaves. And they asked, they or they complained to Moses and Aaron about food. And as they complained to Moses and Aaron about food, God decided that he was going to give them exactly what they need. God said that he was going to send manna every single morning. And in the giving of the manna, God actually gave the Israelites specific instructions. He gave them instructions to pick up the manna every single morning, not store any up um, for the next day. And he would send the manna every single morning and they were to collect for six days. And on the sixth day, he would send enough for the sixth and the seventh so that they could observe the Sabbath. One of the interesting things I find about this story is the fact that the Israelites had just left Egypt, which is a place where they were in bondage for 400 years, and they were serving other gods. They were serving foreign gods. And at this point in the journey, the wilderness season was only supposed to last for 40 days. And so they were about to enter into this land of Canaan, where there were other foreign gods. So in Exodus 16 and 8, 
God says that he's going to send them the manna in this way to test them, to see if they would follow his instructions. And I see that as God setting up the provision for helping them to understand his faithfulness and helping them to understand how to have faith in them, in him. They were leaving foreign gods about to enter into a land with people who are serving these foreign gods. He had to establish a precedence for who he was within these people. He had to show him how faithful he was, he is, and he had to show them that he was not like any of the gods that they've been in contact with or that they would come come in contact with. So God used the man and quail kind of as a double whammy. He wanted to give them provision, obviously. He wanted to meet the need, but he also wanted to start to build faith in them. So he did it in that way to test them. And the Israelites, they ate the manna and quail for 40 years while they were wandering the wilderness. They followed his instructions, most of them, to the T for 40 years. They complained about it. They hated the manna. And by the way, manna, as it's written in the Bible, it says they called it manna because they didn't know what it was. So it basic, manna basically means what is it? They detested it. They did it for 40 years. And so what God was showing me was that season of manna and quail is a season of full dependency. It's a season intended to build faith, to build trust, and to help you understand who he is. And not only that, it's a season that he is able to build his trust in you. Are you going to follow his instructions? Are you going to be obedient? Are you going to learn the reasons it's necessary to serve a such a worthy God? And in that season, we have to follow his instructions to the T because that's how we learn his character. That's where we learn that he's faithful and that he will show up every single day right on time with the exact provision that we need. Now, the people complained to Aaron and Moses about the food. They complained when they didn't have it. And then when they did have it, they complained that the food was detestable. And what I feel like God was showing me was that it also teaches us who is over all of the seasons in our life. Even Moses and Aaron said, God, I don't know why they're complaining to me. I'm not the right person, right? So we often get in these man and quail seasons that are intended to teach us obedience and we start complaining and saying this is the devil he's at work in our life no that was God that was God in the Israelites and it might just very well be God in your life sometimes we think that those seasons in our life come from Satan but we have to remember that long suffering is a fruit of the spirit and sometimes long suffering is necessary to build faith in who God is our obedience in that manna and quail season is an indicator of what we've put our faith in. And so the manna and quail season didn't last forever. The Israelites made it to Canaan. They made it to the land flowing with milk and honey. And when they got there, they took up trades. They set up the inheritance that God gave them. They expanded their families and they took up different trades, one of which becoming fishermen. So what was God, what God was showing me in that process was, he will always be the source. He will always make the provisions. That will never change. What does change is our participation in all of it. He took the Israelites from a season of full dependency and took them into their promised land where he enabled them to use the gifts that he had already put in them. Instead of having to depend on him to send the man and quilt every single morning and just wait on him, he allowed them to use what he had already instilled in them to, to meet their own needs. And they did. God is always going to bring us to a point in our relationship with him where there's autonomy. 
And in that autonomy, he asks us to simply activate gifts, asks us to activate talents in order to use the provision that he provides, but with our own hands. Um, God showed me this the similar transition in the story, uh, in a few different stories, I'll say, in the Bible, where before the Israelites were entering into Canaan, God was talking with Joshua, which was Moses' predecessor. And as he was talking with Joshua, preparing him to enter into Canaan and, and take the land, God told Joshua, be strong, be courageous, for I am with you everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. And then fast forward a few books in the Bible to Chronicles, 1 Chronicles, and David is handing over the plans for the temple to Solomon, his son. And he repeats the same thing that God told Joshua. He said, be strong, be courageous for the Lord, your God is with you everywhere you go. But David, David added one thing to it. David said, and do the work. And I thought that that was such a beautiful illustration of how God intends for our transitions to happen. He will allow you to rest simply in his faithfulness in one season. And in that season, he will build your trust and understanding of who he is. And then he's going to still require you to trust in him to meet the need, but he's going to ask you to do the work. He's going to ask you to start using your hands. And it's not that our dependence on God changes. We will always be dependent, but it's an activation that happens. It's an activation of his power and the gifts that he's given us. And when it does, God remains the source, but we have to do the work. Then Jesus came. And when Jesus came, he made them fishers of men. We all know the story of how he called on Peter um, as a fisherman and said, come, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And this last part of the transition that God showed me was so beautiful because it helped me really understand how God asks us. He asks us in the same way a, a husband would ask a wife to marry him. He asks us to walk alongside him in partnership to exact the same power that he gave Jesus to save and redeem his people. He asks us to do the thing in partnership with him. So not only are we activating the gifts that he put in us, not only are we activating the power that he put in us for ourselves to supply the need for ourselves, we are now doing it for his kingdom. We're now doing it for the people that he loves most, including us. One of the beautiful things that I find about Jesus' call to his disciples is that he asked them to heal the sick, raise the dead, spread the good news, and drive out demons. Not one of those things that he asks his disciples to do was about them. I find that so beautiful. And so I'm going to read a scripture here. It's Ephesians 4 and 11. And it says, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That was Ephesians 4 and 11 through 12. Those people, those people are you and me. Those people are everyone that he's called. It's not just our pastor. It's not just the people we see on stage. It's not just the people we see on TV. It's not just the people we listen to who are singing worship music. It's each and every one of us that he's called. And he's called us to do more than just attend church service. He's even called us to do more than just read the Bible. Our relationship with God is not just about us. It's not just about our salvation. And it's not just about how much we're progressing. 
His call to his disciples was about his people. Jesus's resurrection restored the power that God instilled in us when he created this earth and created humanity and told humanity to subdue the earth and have dominion. Jesus's resurrection gave us back that power to have dominion and subdue the earth. And so many of us are lying are allowing that power and those gifts that he gave us to lie dormant in us. But God asks us to be fishers of men. God asks us to simply take the lid off of the can and uncover the gifts and the power that he's given you. You don't have to ask for it because it's there. He gave it to you. We simply have to activate it. So in essence, what God was showing me was we cannot stay in the season of manna and quail or even in the season of just being a fisherman on this journey. If we don't recognize the season of seasons of transition in our relationship with God, we will end up like the Israelites wandering the wilderness for 40 years asking, what is it? God didn't intend that for the Israelites. And he does not intend that for us. Those seasons are temporary. They are intended to build faith, trust, and help us activate the power that's already inside of us. And one of the beautiful things that he told me was, it's not just that you need me. I need you. Can you fathom that, that God needs you? Why else would he give you that power? Why else would he give you those gifts? Why else would he give you that dominion? God needs you. He needs you to do things and he needs you to use what you've been given. As we transition in our relationship with God, we have to come out of the manna mentality. We can't get to Canaan the land flowing with milk and honey, and still be waiting for the manna and quail that God only intended for a temporary season. The Israelites did something similar. When they finally made it into Canaan and Joshua was divvying up the land, some of the tribes came to him asking, hey, when are we going to get our inheritance? And Joshua says in Joshua 18 and 3, how long are you going to sit and wait for the inheritance that the Lord has already given you? Go and take possession of the land. The Israelites were stuck in this mentality of sitting and waiting for something to be given to them when they had it all along. They just had to take possession of it. So how long have you been waiting for something that God has already given you the authority to do? Every season is not a season of dependency. And God isn't offended by that. Let's drop that idea that this is offensive or we are thinking so much of ourselves. He gave you power for a reason. There is no shame and no harm in saying, I command in the name of Jesus by the power that's been given to me that this sick man will be healed or this lame man will walk. You do not have to in everything that you are every single thing that you are praying for say God can you God will you use what he's given you you have the power to declare that for yourself and again God is not offended trust yourself trust the things that God has given you and if he's moved you out of that season of manna and quail it's because he trusts you it's because he has faith in you and he trusts that you're gonna use the things that he put in you you just need to see that for yourself